Part five of the birth of professional rugby league in Australia. Selections from the Sydney Morning Herald, nineteen hundred and seven to nineteen hundred and eight. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The first professional fixtures, seventeenth of August to twenty second of August, nineteen hundred and seven. Saturday, seventeenth August, nineteen hundred and seven. Rugby football, a new era. New Zealand versus New South Wales. A new era in rugby football will be opened in Australasia today when the New Zealand professional team to visit England and play in a series of matches with the Northern Counties will meet at the agricultural ground a 15 playing as New South Wales, though all come from the metropolitan area. This is the first open declaration for professionalism in rugby football in New South Wales. It is nearly half a century since the game was taken up seriously in New South Wales, and since then no one has ever been disqualified for professionalism. Public feeling has been much stirred during the past few months with respect to the new movement, and really, considering the age of amateur football, the public sympathy with the seceding players was surprising. The strongest opponents to professionalism admit there is hardship under the present amateur constitution, but there does not appear to be any way to amend it without breaking away from the English rugby union. Today's match should result in a victory for the New Zealand team. The movement here is too much in its infancy to admit of as good a selection as might be made when the grade competition is over. It was stated by one of the delegates to the Metropolitan Union on Thursday evening that a 150 players were prepared to join the league, but many want to see the season out with their clubs. The Auckland contingent of the New Zealand team arrived last night. The following will represent New South Wales. Fullback, C. Headley, 11 stone, 8 pound. Three quarters, J. Stunts, 12 stone. E. Fry, 11 stone, 1 pound. H. Messenger, 12 stone. F. Cheadle, 10 stone, 7 pound. Harves, A. Rosenfelt, 11 stone 1 pound, and L. Dalbouget, 11 stone 6 pound. Forwards, H. Hamill, 12 stone 10 pounds, A. S. Hennessy, 12 stone 11 pounds, R. Mabel, 11 stone 9 pounds, P. Moyer, 14 stone 10 pounds, F. Pierce, 13 stone 6 pounds, H. Can, 12 stone 4 pounds, R. Graves, 12 stone, H. Brackenrig, 12 stone. The New Zealand team will be fullback, Turtle, three quarters, Wrigley Todd Rowe, five eighths, R. Wynyard, McGregor, halves, Kelly, Tyne, forwards, Watkins, Mackerel, Cross, Wright, Byrne, Gilchrist, Pierce, emergencies, Gleason, Tyler, Trewarthen, and Lyle, touch judge, W. Johnston. The early match between Newtown and Sydney under Australian rules will begin at one thirty and last until about 3.30. Other matches. The organisers of the New South Wales League have received two offers from country towns to send down teams to meet the New Zealand second team on Wednesday next. Ladies will be admitted free to the matches on that day. There is a strong likelihood of a match between New South Wales and New Zealand being played in Melbourne on August 28th. The promoters are awaiting a wire from a Mr John Wren of Melbourne. 
the new league should well consider every possibility before closing with any one individual a conference will be held between representatives of the new zealand team to visit england and the new south wales rugby football league the recall of dobbs legal proceedings rumoured in consequence of the telegram sent by mr mcquade secretary of the balmain club calling upon the balmain team to return to sydney at once as a protest against the action of the new south wales rugby union two players craig and ballaram arrived in sydney yesterday men will be sent to lithgow where the team plays today to fill the vacancies coleman who mr w j howe stated in yesterday's issue would take dobbs place denies that he is going he has however no intention of playing other than amateur football there is some talk about dobbs taking legal proceedings e courtney who it was stated by mr logan secretary of the st george club had withdrawn from the movement called at his office yesterday and stated emphatically that it was his intention to play with the league mr logan secretary of st george club made the statement headley also intends to play hickey of glebe and slater of newtown have decided to play for their clubs in the competition dr kent hughes on professionalism dr kent hughes who is manager of the victorian team of boxers now in sydney for the interstate championships in responding to the toast of the visitors yesterday referred to the present movement in football after stating that there was no intention on the part of the melbourne university to take up rugby he said that sport and money were two opposite terms the athlete who sold his services to a club would sell that club just as quickly when occasion required down in melbourne veiled professionalism went on in football and in his experience extending over, extending over the last fifteen years every one of those professionals had simply wasted his life they never did any good and it was a great shame that any body of men should persuade an athlete to devote the best years of his life to professional football unfitting himself for work in life he thought it would ruin the whole of a man's subsequent career monday nineteenth of august nineteen hundred and seven professional football new zealand versus new south wales won by the visitors by twelve points to eight perfect weather conditions for spectator though a trifle warm for player and a crowd of twenty thousand representing nearly one thousand pounds were the conditions under which the new era in rugby football was opened in australasia by a match between the new zealand team to visit england and a new south wales fifteen at the agricultural ground the result was a win for new zealand by twelve points to eight the play created a good deal of enthusiasm from kick-off to full time it was always interesting the forwards on both sides shone well in every department the visitors having the advantage over the home team in cohesion pace and skill in footwork owing to the fact that both back divisions had little or no combined training there was a want of passing rushes better work will no doubt be exhibited in later engagements especially in view of the fact that four of the visiting team arrived only on friday evening after a heavy passage the men found the ground hard as their knees and elbows gave evidence teams new south wales fullback c headley three-quarters j stunts e fry h messenger f cheadle 
Harves, A. Rosenfeld, and L. Dalpuget. Forwards, H. Hamill, A. S. Hennessy, R. Mabel, P. Moyer, S. Pierce, H. Can, R. Graves, and H. Brackenrig. New Zealand, Fullback, S. Turtle, Three Quarters, E. Wrigley, L. E. Todd, H. Rowe, Five Eighths, R. Wynyard and D. McGregor. Harves, A. Kelly and E. Tyne. Forwards, E. Watkins, W. H. Mackerel, T. Cross, E. Wright, C. Byrne, D. Gilchrist, and Pierce. Referee, Mr. G. Boss. New South Wales won the toss and defended the Paddington end. Play hovered about between the two twenty-fives for a while. New South Wales were the first to start combined play, the ball being handled by the halves and three-quarters, and travelling across the ground from one twenty-five-yard flag to the other, but without any gain at all. A few minutes later, Messenger called forth cheers for a clever run and kick in the visitors' territory. The New Zealanders changed the scene of operations to the home twenty-five, where Cheadle secured and short kicked to Wrigley. Todd kicked for goal, and Messenger rushed the ball back to halfway. Twice in quick succession, the visitors forced, once as the result of a drop at goal by Messenger. At the centre, the visitors showed a rather pretty piece of combined play. The ball was heeled out, and Kelly started a movement in which the ball was handled by McGregor and Wrigley, and the home 25 was reached. Here New South Wales were penalised, and Turtle kicked for goal, the home team forcing. The game was fairly fast, and there was a good deal of enthusiasm among the crowd, who freely recognised the outstanding points of the game. The feature of the play so far was the magnificent dribbling rushes of the visitors, who time after time ran down the ground in rare style, brushing the light blues aside as they went on their course. A splendid dash by both sides worked up the enthusiasm of the crowd. It ended with a penalty against the visitors, and Messenger, from just inside the halfway, made a capital effort at goal, the kick just lacking sufficient weight to carry it over the bar. New Zealand rushed the ball out, and a light blue elected to run instead of marking and a few home fumbles gave the visitors an opportunity from which they closed with a score. Wright and Wrigley figured in a passing rush, which ended in a try by the former. Turtle failed at goal. New Zealand three to nil. Several times the visitors were penalised, both in the open and in the scrum, but Messenger's efforts at goal were unsuccessful, though one kick, taken from dead on the centre line, was a remarkably good one. A splendid burst was shown by Cheadle, who, taking a quick throw-in from touch by Messenger, ran dodgingly to the visitors' quarter. A passing rush by Wynyard and Todd closed with a score by the last mentioned, which Wrigley failed to convert. New Zealand 6 to nil. At the visitors' 25, opposite the goal, the home team started a passing rush. Dalpuget opened the movement, and passing to Cheadle, the last mentioned lost the ball close to the line, but Messenger coming along picked up and scored a try, which the same player failed to convert. The half-time whistle sounded on a lovely passing movement by Graves, Mabel and Fry. The scores at the interval were New Zealand 6 points to 3. Second half. Shortly after the kick-off by Hennessy, Wrigley fumbled the take, and for the moment matters looked dangerous but from a quick recovery he returned into touch at centre. 
at the visitors twenty-five the ball went to cheadle and then to messenger who dropped at goal new zealand forcing the visitors working along the eastern wing got to the home twenty-five where new south wales had a few anxious moments in defence the ball was kicked to wrigley who took a drop at goal new south wales forcing stunts brought down the house with a splendid breakaway and run to neutral territory and then messenger got in a capital line kick to the visitors twenty-five the blue forwards came down the ground and got well into the visitors territory with a lovely combined rush headley was cheered on several occasions for smart gathering and kicking he each time finding the line with distinct advantage to his side in the midst of a smart dash at the new zealand twenty-five messenger accepted a clever mark his own kick was blocked magnificently in less time than it takes to tell he again secured possession and though he had his guernsey torn off his back he shook himself clear of the tackle and found the line at the visitors twenty-five amidst loud cheering a light blue rush closed with a force by the blacks and from the kick-out messenger marked and himself kicked unsuccessfully for goal for the first time for some minutes the all blacks got into the light blue territory where the offenders were penalised and macgregor kicked unsuccessfully for goal the referee mr boss held control of the game right through though towards the end he was not satisfied with the way the ball was put into the scrum and put it in himself the blacks were now doing all the attacking todd gained applause for a catch and line kick and wrigley on the other side of the ground put in a good run until forced out within a few yards of the new south wales corner in a scrum close to the new south wales goal the ball went out to a light blue who speculated foolishly and winyard marked right in front of the goal wrigley kicked the goal making the score new zealand nine to three messenger put in a brilliant run at the centre he secured possession in his own half and sprinted to the visitors twenty-five and centred todd was tackled before he could get in his return and in succeeding loose play the ball went towards the line and can picking up scored a try which messenger converted new zealand nine points to eight a good deal of enthusiasm was shown by the crowd over this successful play working the ball down to the home territory stunts failed to gather and cross securing he scored in a fairly good position wrigley failing at goal new zealand twelve points new south wales eight full time melbourne match uncertain owing to difficulties in connection with fitting in the proposed match in melbourne with the departure of the boat there appears to be little likelihood of the new zealand versus new south wales match being played there football crisis metropolitan rugby league proposed compromise messrs l g abrams j clayton j payton p f mcquade j flanagan j dickey and several other delegates to the mru who are all staunch supporters of amateur rugby football have signed the requisite notice for a special meeting of the mru to be convened at once to consider the following motion to be moved by mr l g abrams and seconded by mr j clayton one that any playing member of a first grade club affiliated to this union representing the state or the union shall be allowed 
upon the production of a certificate from his employer his loss of wages during such time he shall be absent from his employment which shall not exceed ten shillings per day two should any accident occur to any first grade player either in an interstate or a competition match which necessitates his being unable to follow his occupation he shall upon the production of a certificate signed by a duly qualified medical man stating that from such accident he is unable to resume his work be allowed his loss of wages until such time that the medical adviser certifies that he is able to resume his work three that any playing member of a first grade club affiliated to this union representing either the state or this union shall be allowed the sum of five shillings per day for personal or out-of-pocket expenses in addition to his loss of wages it is stated that some three years ago an effort to carry similar motions was defeated it is quite on the cards that some similar propositions to the above may be submitted to the meeting of the new south wales rugby union to-night against the constitution at present it is deemed an act of professionalism to receive compensation for time lost in playing football or in travelling in connection with football to amend this it will be necessary to get the authority for the amendment from the english rugby union or cut adrift from that body tuesday twentieth of august nineteen hundred and seven the football crisis new south wales rugby union meeting of the council metropolitan union to deal with professionalism a meeting of the council of the new south wales rugby union was held last night mr j f mcmanamy presiding it was anticipated that the council would have taken some decided step to deal with those players who met the new zealand professional team last saturday but the union contented itself with delegating its powers regarding the laws of professionalism to the metropolitan branch to take action and report to the union the laws of professionalism it might be pointed out are controlled by the english rugby union which delegates such powers to the new zealand and new south wales unions and the south african board to carry out its regulations and they in turn have been given the right to delegate such powers to other bodies in new zealand new south wales and south africa respectively support for the league spreading morpeth and singleton speaking to the toast of the visiting team singleton at a banquet given by the morpeth football club at morpeth on saturday evening the mayor alderman j nogan an old new zealander and a few years ago captain of the morpeth football club referred to the new rugby football era upon which new south wales had entered he said that he was an ardent admirer of clean sport and knowing something of the manner in which the amateur cricketers of the state were monetarily treated when on tour he undertook to say that the objective of the new league was more in the direction of placing footballers upon a parity in that respect than from ideas of becoming rich themselves at the expense of the players if he was not greatly mistaken the league flag would be floating over five-eighths of the rugby grounds of the state two years hence the initiation was in clean hands and he was certain the public would get clean football and the interests of those providing it would be fully conserved mr nogan's remarks were applauded and were supported by mr fawcett captain of the singleton team and by mr john gillis m l a professional rugby 
New Zealand versus New South Wales, tomorrow's match. The second match between the New Zealand professional team to visit England and New South Wales will be played on the agricultural ground tomorrow. Owing to the non-arrival of Wynyard, G. Smith and Dunning, who left Auckland last night, and also to the fact that several of the visitors were knocked about on the hard ground on Saturday, it has been found impossible to place two New Zealand teams in the field tomorrow. The early match will be between Marrickville Borough and McIlrace Club. We have been requested to state that ladies will not be admitted free, as was stated. The proposed contest between the New South Wales team which visited Western Australia and another New South Wales 15 has been abandoned. The country players had to get away home. Wednesday, 21st of August, 1907 Professional Rugby, New South Wales versus New Zealand, today's match The second of the three contests arranged between the New Zealand professional team to visit England and New South Wales will be played today on the agricultural ground. The first match was in every way a success. No fewer than 20,000 people, representing almost £1,000, being present. That engagement was won by New Zealand after a keen and interesting struggle by 12 points to 8, and another good game may be expected today. There is some doubt about stunts taking part owing to a bad ankle. An early match will be played between a Marrickville team and McIlwraith's club. Thursday, 22nd of August, 1907. Professional Rugby. New Zealand versus New South Wales. Easy win for visitors. A cold westerly, which considerably interfered with the game, prevailed yesterday afternoon when the second match between the New South Wales and New Zealand professional teams took place. The attendance was just short of 4,000. The home team were completely outplayed and were beaten by 19 points to 5. There was a vast difference in the play of the two sides. All the same, had New South Wales seized opportunities, the defeat would not have been so pronounced. Taking the game by and large, the home team put up a very weak contest. Teams, New Zealand, fullback, L.S. Turtle, three-quarters, L. Todd, H. Rowe, D. McGregor, five-eighths, E. Wrigley and R. Wynyard, half-backs, J. Gleeson and W. Tyler, forwards, R. Wright, T. Cross, W. Mackerel, A. Callum, W. Trewarthen, A. Little, W. Johnson, New South Wales, fullback, E. Fry, three-quarters, W. Can, H. Messenger, F. Cheadle, A. Devereux, halves, D. Brown and A. Holloway, forwards, S. Pierce, H. Glanville, A. S. Hennessy, R. Mabel, P. Moyer, A. Dobbs, E. Courtney, R. Graves, referee, Mr. G. Boss. New Zealand won the toss and a messenger kicked off. New South Wales at the beginning beat the visitors for the ball in the scrum, but they handled it badly, the high wind evidently bothering the players. McGregor ran strongly, skirting the touchline, but he passed offside to Gleeson, who got over the line. Instead of a try, the visitors were penalised. The game now became particularly fast, and at times was exciting. Messenger put in a clever fainting run, and beating opponents, he opened the way for a pass to Can which, had it been taken, might have closed with a try. Can earned applause for following on and blocking the visiting fullback Turtle from returning, 
and a few minutes later a similar compliment was passed to fry for saving messenger was injured when in the midst of about four forwards and had to retire for a few moments his shoulder was hurt shortly before half-time rowe secured at the centre and ran splendidly to the corner where he cut in and then passed to todd who scored in the corner just as he was tackled by devereux turtill failed at goal new zealand three points to nil on resuming winyard securing in the ruck ran through the light blues while they were looking on and he scored a capital try turtle failed at goal new zealand six points to nil the visitors were now playing all over the home team their handling of the ball was accurate and their passing at close quarters quite nonplussed the light blues in the course of a scramble on the home line a light blue punted and the wind carried the ball over the line and when it came down rose secured and scored a try which wrigley failed to convert the scores at half-time were new zealand nine points to nil second half after the usual kick-off the blue forwards with moyer and graves at the head transferred play from centre to the visitors twenty-five and cheadle was accorded applause for getting in a capital line kick the ball going out a yard from the visitors corner back to the centre messenger broke away but lost the ball and todd securing he ran along touch and beating fry's tackle secured a try which wrigley converted the wind caught the ball in the flight and carried it over the bar new zealand fourteen points to nil the blues tried passing the ball being handled by brown cheadle can messenger and devereux but not a yard was gained the game became willing too much so for a player on each side exchanged blows johnson and cross were playing a splendid game in the visiting forwards heading rush after rush with penalty kicks messenger generally found the line but it was always to no purpose for the visiting forward or the backs were soon back in the home half once brown dashed away and got to within a few yards of the visitors line where he threw back wildly and the blacks relieved a few minutes later can secured and passed to dobbs to cheadle who ran for the corner and cut in then passed to holloway who scored in the corner messenger with a magnificent kick converted the try into a goal amidst much cheering new zealand fourteen points to five in a hard burst dobbs was hurt and was carried to touch the new zealand forwards made a rush and tyler secured a try in the corner a light blue went at him and struck the corner flag the crowd thought it was Tyler who did so, and hooted at the referee for his decision. Wrigley, with the wind behind him, kicked a goal from the touchline, and made the full-time score. New Zealand, 19 points, two goals, three tries, to five, one goal. Messenger and the All Blacks Negotiations are proceeding with regard to the inclusion of Messenger in the New Zealand team for England inquiry last night elicited the information from one of the new zealanders that messenger had not quite made up his mind having got so far it is considered that his inclusion in the team is a certainty new zealand players suspended wellington wednesday the wellington rugby union has suspended six players for participating in the professional matches in sydney end of part five